feature presentation. Hurt from afar, Kalidia Tar. Uh, welcome back to another <laughs> Untitled Movie Review. Oh, I am bastard. one of your that was hosts, be my end. Um, Matt Rohrbeck alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved. Eric Marchin. Matt, you can only refer to me now as Maestro Marchin, as I am one mm-hmm. of the elite that you loves are one of the intellectuals. Movie. Yep, yep, yes. yep, yep. Yes, today... We are reviewing Todd Field's Tar, starring Kate Blanchett uh, and more. I'm just going to say Kate Blanchett. Um, it is really the Kate Blanchett show when it comes yeah. down to it. So it's yeah. it's like Daniel Day Lewis in there. Will Mark McGuire. Strong in a wig. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. This hair and makeup. Uh, uh, this should be a fun one because um, we have. Uh, Two very different um, perspectives and opinions uh, on this movie. I was a little fired up after seeing it, and I think you were maybe fired up on the other side. Um, So this should be fun. But Eric, if people don't know what the hell tar is, because I feel like, you know, film people will know, but maybe it's something we need to kind of explain to people who aren't. Yeah, but I want to talk about something else before. Sure. Something that's been I've been thinking about a lot today. Blink 182 is back. (laughs) That's what (laughs) that's what this movie's about. It's this was, you know, Todd Field went, I need to make a movie that speaks to the fans of Blink 182. Yes. Uh, Yes. But going back to the plot synopsis of Tar, uh, Kate Blanchett plays the titular character Lydia Tar. Uh, having problem with a music bar called Lydia Atar. <laughs> that was better. Yeah. That was better. I didn't know. I just winged it. So I just said. We're I had to use it for a- this. But if you were hurt from afar, still worked. She it does, does hurt it does. people from afar. Yes, but- that is true. That is that is astute in your observation. Yes. That's, so- that's called improv, baby. That's called improv. So this is Todd Field's third feature film his first in 16 years the last movie he directed was little children with kate winslet and patrick wilson uh which uh earned both uh kate winslet and jackie earl haley oscar nominations um this movie is very much in sort of that kind of mold of a stanley kubrick-esque story i mean obviously even Field being a former actor who was in Eyes Wide Shut is Nick Nightingale. Um, it's very cold. It's very clinical. Blanchett is at the center of it. She gives this powerhouse performance as a conductor who is the uh, chief, uh, the female, yeah, the chief female uh, conductor for the Berlin Philharmonic. Um, she at the beginning of the film in this expo dump with a uh, New Yorker journalist talks about her career and being the protege of Leonard Bernstein, but also, you know, kind of breaking the glass ceiling and, you know, being the first chief female composer and not a guest composer. And as we get to learn about her accolades and all the acclaim she's received uh, over the years and being an EGOT winner as well, we also see the darker, seedier side of her life as she is slowly about to self-destruct because her past comes back to haunt her and the things that she has done um, have ramifications. And whether or not um, you know you have any sympathy for the character in terms of what she's going through, that's another issue to contemplate because the film does take a kind of observational stance in terms of that kind of fly on the wall kind of almost non-judgmental filmmaking, but it is also very much the 
downward spiral of a character, the classic rise and fall narrative as we watch, you know, this acclaimed musician, you know, just spiral out of control. Do you want me to go first? Or I, I want you to go first because I think you are really passionate. And, I don't want to start from a, a a negative spot because like I've calmed down for the most part. Like, and I there are things that I do agree with. I think Cam Cape Blanchett um, is excellent. I think this score is obviously you know quite strong at times. Um, but that being said. Um, I this movie kind of broke me. It, it, I just felt like it was, uh, pardon the pun, um, one note. Um, I felt like it was a slog uh, for its extremely bloated and self-indulgent 158-minute runtime. Um, I felt like it added nothing of value to the conversation and to the things that it's trying to kind of have a commentary on. And I agree with you that it's more from a sit back and watch. It's not necessarily telling you what to think. It kind of just drops you in and shows you this woman's life and her, her downfall. And it's not really necessarily taking one side or the other. It's just kind of showing you for who she is and letting you kind of uh, decide yourself. But it's one of those movies that I think is like intentionally made for intellectuals and I fucking hate that word. And I just, it's one of those movies that isn't necessarily talking down to you, but it kind of is throughout the entire thing. And the way like it never spoon feeds you, it never kind of like even guides you. It just kind of lets everything happen. Um, but I just felt like it was a depressing slog of a movie with unlikable people, which is totally fine. Uh, I understand I sometimes want to watch a movie with horrible people and and kind of be put into their mindset of why they do these things and um, see their get the comeuppets and things like that. And while Cate Blanchett is great, I just also just found it just a, a strange choice to like put all of this on, you know, a gay woman in the movie too was just off putting to me. And then I just, and I, I'm being cryptic because I don't want to give away entirely what the movie is. Cause I feel like the trailer is very cryptic and no one's, it's just, you know, it's about a, a, a woman who is very successful and she kind of self within the world of classical um, music. And it yeah. takes place mostly in Berlin and a little bit of New York as well. And it does deal with aspects of, uh, misconduct and yeah. cancel culture and yeah it, it does take place in the real world to a certain extent lydia tar is not a real person no but a but lot of, of the world that you are seeing in this movie reflects is, very much if she was a real gone, person in our world yeah what yeah. we've gone through in the last couple of years because this is also as you know i don't know if i don't like using the word post-pandemic because i feel like we're still not like but they do talk about but, that in it. It's supposed yeah, to be and, very much 2022. In and it's movie, a very basically. reactionary film in a lot of ways. Totally. It, it, it very much is sort of taking the temperature of the social commentary of now. And it's trying what to it's like of, to be in a position of power and to be someone who's famous and successful and how you use that power and how you manipulate and how you can get away and, with yeah. things with having yeah. that, that sort of, you know, shield of genius you know, where it's like, okay, you can be a bad person, but at least your work makes up for that in some way or another. And, mm -hmm. you know, you're putting creating... the art before the artist. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're that's, um, that's her protective kind of sort of 
armor and in and why let people get away with being jerks and assholes and even doing even more horrible things and i think all of that is an interesting thing you know to talk about and, and to put into a film it's just the way that it's portrayed in this like i don't know whether it's the like i mentioned like I, i'm i when we get into you i'm gonna i got a bone to pick with you eric i tweeted you after the movie you bone talking about, ready. you talking about freaking run times non-stop of oh god god bless this movie 90 minutes oh oh thank god what the hell is this movie doing to be in two hours but this 158 fucking minutes and like oh this is oh this is great this is great i thought it this was awesome it's I- very very boring movie about <laughs> like i'm just like this has no right this could i said this to you this could have been a 40 minute law and order episode um dun, dun, where dun, you know dun, you're dun, talking dun, about dun. oh a famous musician does some horrible things and and name dick it, wolf like maybe not law and order because there's no like she doesn't it's more about being canceled in, in the basically as a culture in your career rather than being criminally prosecuted but something like, written by Aaron um, sorkin yeah something like that where i'm like it could have just been at least I feel like 45 minutes of this movie could have been cut out, if not more. And I would have gotten the same point across and I get, but it's one of those movies where you need to sit with the character. You know, you need each scene to go on 10 to 15 minutes longer than it probably should. And it's one of those movies that, uh, you know, again, I get it. A great performance, uh, very, you know, in the moment subject matter that, you know, I could have probably just read about on Wikipedia with actual bad people who have done bad. But things. they actually do that, um, too, which I think is interesting where they bring up her Wikipedia page yeah. as she's kind of doing her press tour earlier on. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's also an interesting aspect that we haven't touched upon yet is how it does use social media. Totally. in an Interesting way. Even that opening scene where you see that shot and you think, oh, is this the end of the movie or the you say the interesting film? i say things i've seen in real life a bazillion times i know I, but i, I think it things. does it well incorporating that kind of almost screen life quality that you see in certain genre movies into a film that is more prestigious and mm-hmm. lauded for you know a great performance by an amazing actor and i yeah it's it's one of those things where i love the movie but i also don't disagree with a lot of what you're saying like it's not that i didn't see those things that you are are, are talking about like it, it is too long for what it is but at the same time i think that if you find yourself in that rhythm and 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 kind of getting on board with the 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 the, the pacing of the metronome um you will kind of be interested in the world that this character has been inhabiting and, and, mm-hmm. and the persona that she has created for herself. And I think that that's interesting as well. And, and again, I don't like using the word interesting because it just kind of feels like it, that could be both good or bad. Like, I think it actually sure. has something to say about, you know, the public and private persona and how you create something that you continually have to, you know, uh, posture or, or sort of yeah. move around if things change or something happens or, you know, depending on who you are as a person and how you're confronted with, you know, the changing of, you know, thoughts and feelings and generations coming in. And there's a really kind of 
wonderful performance by Julian Glover, who plays one of her mentors in a couple of scenes where they're, you know, they're sitting in cafes and talking about, you know, how the patriarchy used to work and how he's glad he got out of it. But there's one moment where she brings up, you know, certain allegations and he kind of gets a little bit uh, jumpy and thinks that, you know, it's about him. And he's, you know, said that he's been out of the game for so long that you can't touch me anymore or what have you. And like, that is interesting as well, where you're kind of, you're learning the things that you inherit from the generations before you, but then when change does happen, that change can affect people in a negative connotation as much as it is a positive connotation. And then there is, I think, really some meaty kind of conversations to have when it comes to how classic music, you know, represents both a timeless kind of quality, but also how it can be looked at is very much, you know, of its time. And yeah. it's one of those things where classical music in particular, you know, there's only like a group of like, you know, five to 10 great composers that are always used for, you know, uh, renditions or, or covers or, you know, whether it be Bach or Beethoven or, or Mozart or, or Mahler in this case, which, you know, uh, Blanchett's character is composing, uh, his, uh, symphony number five, which apparently is like one of the hardest ones to get into. Again, I'm not, a music guy in the sense that like I know the the, mm -hmm. the ins and outs of it but the way that I feel the dialogue kind of flows through the performances and the tone of the film and the environments in which these characters are having these conversations feels like it does connect whether or not it gets everything accurate in terms of you know it's represent representation of the craft of the meticulous nature of what goes into you know, the performance, yeah. that is something that I think, you know, you, an, an, yeah. an, an expert would have to kind of decide. And it's the same thing with talking about, you know, a lesbian being vilified or being yeah. sort of labeled as a predator in this movie where I, I totally understand that. And, and seeing it from, you know, the male gaze from a male writer. That's director, kind of, yeah. I think that that, you know, you could look at this, well, what if a, you know, a gay woman directed this? Would it be more thoughtful? Would it be more considerate? Possibly. But at the same time, it's not for something for me to comment on specifically because I don't. But I I'm, think I'm it's fair to male. put that. I think it's I, fair to put out there. Though, I do, too. Like, I, do, I, I think Todd that discourse Field. is fair. It, yeah. It, it, discourse is fair. I think it is more than fair. I think it is something to continually discuss the way that this movie is having an open dialogue about again you know the 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 genius kind of trumping you know any kind of 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 human decency and and kind of getting away with things and we've seen it so much i think in the last little while whether it be people who are problematic like david o russell or kanye west or ellen degeneres you know the list goes on and on and on where it's like you know they're presented as one thing or something like that and then you know th there's a there's a different side it's like you know you win awards or you know you present yourself as a nice person yeah. or you are a great musical genius but then you know the, you can also be a despicable person who says things and there are ramifications. I would say the only thing about this movie that might be kind of fantasy in a certain way is the ending of the film, because it kind of, to me feels like that, that almost doesn't really happen in real life. What happens at the end of this movie? I don't know if I agree. 
agree with that. Like, but, I understand but, but, what you're but to, saying. Yeah, you but know what like, I mean? Like, to the, to the way... I almost felt it was kind of mean towards not necessarily to a certain group of people. And that's where the talking down stuff comes from, too, without, again, not talking about it specifically. Like, I wasn't sure what it was trying to say by the end of it and and again what side it was on even with the putting the art before the artist kind of monologue in the classroom and stuff like that too like i just wasn't sure and even with some of the stuff we just talked about like i think it is meta in a sense of you know uh of what an artist can talk about in a film and what they can kind of touch on and who what the characters are and 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 things like that like i think the movie is kind of trying to do all that but also not trying to do any of it and then i think that's where i kind of had my issue one that like it just kind of lost me early and and it just its pacing was just too uh methodical or too stretched out for me to kind of meandering is a great word thank you eric but like for me to really get invested, especially in a character that I don't think I'm necessarily supposed to like. Um, and then by the end of it, I was just like, I found it kind of mean to the point uh, that, it, which is funny because the, the credits happen at the beginning of the movie. Fucking eye roll. Um, and then, um, but there's one thing I noticed in, and here I'm being a little bit of a hypocrite because I like fancy credit sequences and I like kind of, you know, but I don't like maybe putting all of the credits at the beginning of the movie. Um, right. I, in the way that they're depicted here, but there was one thing that popped up at the beginning where I'm like, how are they incorporating that into this movie? Um, and I think I can kind of say it cause it's not a spoiler or anything, but it was like, uh, when they were giving the musical credits, there's a lot of obviously, you know, from classical musicians and stuff that Eric already mentioned, but then there was the monster hunter theme from Capcom. <laughs> of the video game which eric and i reviewed that movie and it's a video game franchise that's long withstanding and like i was like how the fuck is the monster monster hunter theme in this movie and then when i got to the end of the movie i understood and i felt like huh that's interesting that they let them do that and i because i just also feel like it's sort of and i don't know if it is an insult or if it's sort of trying to be darkly comedic towards the lead character which i think it is but, but i also think it's that, darkly comedic towards the industry as a whole totally where it is this kind of hermetically sealed bubble of totally like, it's 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 as niche as as the the the, the capcom world it's just that yeah you know it, the, the 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 interest isn't necessarily in the music it's in the gameplay and the graphic totally. design and things like that and the music's where, part of that but yeah like, where the where the world of classical music is very much like a but they would look down or, at that which is i guess the commentary yes. that it's making and that's what i mean by this movie both being for intellectuals but then also kind of taking down intellectuals at the same time when it comes to the way that they're talking and acting and and putting it on this pedestal and that like it's this big fancy important thing and i like some of those conversations that i think you already referenced eric where it is talking about the minutia of like how someone adapts one of these things and it's not the same for every composer who adapts you know a symphony and it's like the little differences and the choices that they make that can completely change how you kind of hear the music and how it makes you feel and and that that stuff is interesting. It's both pretentious and interesting, right? Like it's, and that's the stuff where the movie drops you in and it goes with the New Yorker podcast conversation. And then it drops you into a conversation at a restaurant and it, which is never, a lot of exposition to kind a of lot of exposition and a lot of big words, a lot of like stuff that is like, well, 
you know, people who get it will be like, oh, I understood what the movie's saying. It's exquisite. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, and that's, and, and again, that's not talking about them. This is talking about the movie specifically. It's like, yeah, I, I like that it doesn't spoon feed you, but I also don't like that it feels like it's like, well, you better fucking understand this or tough shit, man. And it's just like, I like movies that are like trusts its audience to understand what's going on. And the movie's not complicated. It uses big, complicated words and it uses fancy terminology that if maybe you're in this world or you go to symphonies a lot or go to the, uh, you know, you would understand this shit. But like it kind of just drops you in there and it goes, you better understand. Or if you don't, you'll kind of get the overall sink or story. swim kind of thing, right? It's not a big deal, but it is that kind of stuff throughout the whole movie. And even watching it, I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew by the end of it, I'm like, People are going to uh, critics are going to love this movie. And it's one of those movies that a regular audience is going to go see because it has fucking 97% on and Rotten Cape Tomatoes and Cape Blanchett. And it's got a year end best of list. It's number three on this. It's number one on this guy's Eric's got it in his top 10 fucking Joe Schmo as it will. Yeah. <laughs> fuck off. And then um, it's, it's one of those things where I knew it. And then, but people are going to go see it. And this is why people fucking hate us. They go and they're going to go see this movie and they're going to th- be on my side of things. A man of the people, Matt Rohrbeck. It's they're punch be on his side all over again. And they're going to go, what the people. fuck is this boring garbage about this unlikable person that's really happening in our real world? I, I see it around me all the time. But now I got to sit through three hours of this fucking thing and just like <laughs> knives into your fucking eyeballs and ears of just going like, oh, what, great. Now I got to sit for three hours and watch this horrible person, like learn about the horrible things that they did. And it's just like, no, I lived that every day. And then, oh, it's on all these best of lists. And then, oh, it's it's oh, finally some filmmaking for adults and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I just knew all that shit was going to happen. And it's like what we talked about with other movies where I'm going to hear about this fucking movie for the next goddamn four months. Which will win her third Oscar, that, over which Michelle I'm totally Yeo, fine with. And which here's will the drive thing, like, you nuts too. I know. I, I mean, yeah, exactly. Although uh, I, I love Blanchett's performance in this, but I would be like, you know, give it to Michelle Yeoh. Blanchett has two Oscars already. Blanchett is great. I love Kate Blanchett. She's great in this movie. I just didn't like everything surrounding her. Like it's right. just like I think she is great. She is really, really great in this movie. My tripod's falling over because I'm so animated right now. But it's just one of those movies that just irked me to my core while watching it knowing like again i just i didn't like it all the way through and then i just knew that this is the movie that you know to make people know that you like cinema you have to tell people that you're like oh have you you should watch tar and like okay who are you gonna who are you gonna suggest this movie to really other film critics that's it or film buffs right Uh, yeah sure yeah Yeah. I, i i and i understand that cinephiles but like I don't know, man. Like I, I just, I, I, it really broke me watching it where I'm just like, this is such a slog and I just really found it one note and I'm like, is this really, I guess someone would argue, well, it's not one note. It's just kind of her life. And then I'm like, well, to me, it's, you're not saying anything. You're just showing me something. And I'm like, okay, I see that. Um, well, that, but that's also something that you have talked about in the past that you do like. So that makes it and that's kind of what a I contradiction mean. where totally. it's like you you rather see something than have than be told it because Absolutely. a lot of that exposition does come in that first act and, and it depends time, on the movie, right? But yeah, and when it settles, when this film settles, you're kind of left to kind of 
you know, make your own choices about the character and, and your own opinions and formulate as the, the, the I think it's a pretty clear determination of, oh, of who the character is. I just and, don't and think the filmmaking is necessarily, it, it definitely, when you're watching it, I think there's, it's, it's so it's, detached that it is alienating, yeah. but I also think that that is the point of it yeah. where it's supposed to be so far removed that it's kind of like, okay, well, what are you trying to tell me here? And it's like, well, I'm not trying to tell you anything you're supposed to look at this and make your own and I get that uh, yeah. you know as, assumptions or opinions like even the stuff where it kind of it, th- there's never anything supernatural about it but there are moments in this movie that weirdly reminded me of Memoria from earlier this year where you know you have sound kind weirdly of haunting a really long movie that not, art house film that's yeah, made for that critics and, and cinephiles mm-hmm. but you, you you have a sound haunting the protagonist to the point where that's driving her more crazy than, you know, any of these allegations or scandals. And, 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 and I think that well, that's a metaphor for that. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. And it's, it's elliptically told. So it's not, you know, a, a linear narrative, you know, there are moments where it's like, okay, you're, you're in New York at, at Juilliard and she's teaching a class and then you're back in Berlin and she's kind of doing rehearsals for, you know, symphony number five. And then, you know, she's in a restaurant with Julian Glover or Mark strong or, you know, with her wife played by um, Nina Haas, who I think is really wonderful in this movie and is one of the grounding elements in terms of playing her wife. Yeah. Um, But also what she does, I think there are moments where you can see certain expressions and, 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 you know, she's putting things together as, Blanchett's character kind of has this cycle, this pattern of, of, you know, predatory behavior that is coming back into play where I think probably part of what stopped it or or kind of kept things from progressing was the pandemic where kind of everything was put on halt. And so you're seeing this pattern uh, or this cycle happen again and you see somebody from kind of the, the, the audience perspective the audience surrogate being you know nina haas's character whose performance is very internalized kind of looking at blanchette and kind of slowly piecing things together and realizing what's going on and i think a lot of that is fascinating to watch and really kind of some of the most riveting stuff of the film and then on top of that you just know that this character is her own worst enemy to the point where it's like okay you you're already in enough hot water you truly are bordering on being a sociopath oh yeah um, you get that because, much power and you feel like you're untouchable and you can yeah because she has right? no like, she she has no remorse for any of her actions to the point where the character is unsympathetic but I think the character is so well conceived and put together because of Blanchett, because of the research that that field has put in and the immersive quality of the movie that if you do buy into the film and the filmmaking, you are kind of sucked into this character's, you know, position or point of view where that elevation of stress and tension starts to rise because she's more worried about you know completing this caught or well well, just even you know having this like completed work you know like she 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 she's already kind of you know touched the top of 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 you know mount everest but she wants to go to that yes that ascend to that next level and you know whatever is in her way she will try to kind of push down as much as possible. And I think that that's something that is 
worth studying from a character point of view, from a, you know, just a person who is in denial, who has had, you know, the world kind of given to them. But then also there is one moment in the movie that I did feel somewhat sad for her when it comes later on in the movie where daughter? you kind of understand hmm? with her daughter. No, no, no. Her daughter, her daughter is the one thing that where it kind of feels like there's, there's less tension and seriousness there. Like she opens up a little bit more, but no, there's, there's yeah. a moment later on in the third act. I don't want to give away too much, but when she does head back to New York and you kind of figure out where she came from. And I think that that's the moment where I did kind of feel a little bit bad where this person maybe started in a place of sincerity and then kind of got lost, you know, to lost to their own devices, but still lost within the prestige and the pompousness and, you know, the cruelty of, you know, their, their decisions and their bad behavior. And, you know, I think that that is again, saying something interesting, which is, you know, being projected onto me to think about this kind of stuff and I think it does a decent enough job of that. Um, it is again o- an overwhelming movie. I think like, like I, I I love this film. Like I I'm still thinking about certain scenes and certain moments where it's like a, somebody just can't help themselves but repeat the same thing over and over again or can't be remorseful. And where does that end? And where does that begin? And then when you, you even caught. yeah, and you even brought an interesting point up after you know the movie. It's like are we you know, do two wrongs make a right where it's like, you know, are we okay with destroying somebody else's entire life in order to vindicate, you know, something. And, and so like, that's an interesting question. Are you talking about her destroying someone's life or them destroying her life or the juxtaposition between the the juxtaposition of both. And sort of like, again, like that cycle of like, okay, well, when does this end and when do we figure out how to actually, look at the real problem, which is the institution itself and how people are taught to behave based on, you know, past generations passing down, you know, their mm-hmm. bad traits and behaviors yeah, to the how next. we've dealt with fame and power for, you know, forever. And I, that's why I think this movie is very much of the moment. And, you know, I feel like we're holding people accountable more often, but I think the movie is also trying to say like, you know, again, I go back to that, you know, ultimately the conversation that she has, which ultimately is the thing that becomes her downfall, um, is, is the exact thing that she's talking about and what we're talking about here. So it's got that kind of meta layer to it, but yeah, I I think that juxtaposition between, you know, someone who has ruined people's lives, but has no remorse for it, or doesn't even really think about it because they just so casually do it. And then when it comes to them, (laughs) did I say it weird? Sorry. Um, when they do it, um, I uh, when it comes back towards them, they think everyone's attacking them or ganging up on them, and and feel like they're the ones that you know uh, are the victim in, in a certain situation, and 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 try to play the victim in a lot of that. Which I don't know if this movie necessarily does, but you know it touches on some of that stuff. And I think that's just kind of I'll go back and try to bring everything full circle. Is like. I, I understand all those things that you're saying. I just felt like the way that it's portrayed was 
again, flat and just kind of, it never got me invested in those conversations or in that subject matter or in that important commentary. It never made me want to think about them and, and things like that. The only thing it made me want to think of is like, or not want to, but think of is like, okay, I, this has happened to real people with fame and power in, in our world. And it made me more interested in like, you know, maybe let's talk about that shit rather than just projecting it onto this character that like, uh, I, I don't know. Like it just, it, it's a slog of a movie to me. It, it's 158 minutes of excruciating kind of like nothingness. And I just, uh, with a good performance and, and good music. Um, and I just, I can't wait to, you know, I, I say never think about this movie again, but um, I'll have to hear about it for the next at least couple months. So there's that. Yeah, I love the film. And again, I think that there is a lot to consider and discuss and dissect when it comes to the subject matter it is depicting, but also, you know, being completely mesmerized by Blanchett's performance, which I think this really is like one of her, if not greatest performance, even better than her Oscar or Ragnarok. Wins. Yeah. Um, but 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 I mean that's even interesting as well. Like one of the Oscars that she she won was for actress in a leading role, which was for a Woody Allen movie, you know, Blue Jasmine. And you look at how there long that go. guy got away with what he did. And, yeah, and that's what the movie is. It's taking down people right. like that, right? But and also, you, sure, you could have put this. It should could have been film director. It could have been composer. It could have right. been. Hap- There's one of them in every career. Right. But I think the big difference with something like, say, like uh, Woody Allen or, you know, Harvey Weinstein or someone like that is that you had this character kind of keeping a lid on certain things to the point where, you know, in in our culture, you know, being the real world, um, you know, people knew about Woody Allen and knew about Brian Singer and, and, and know about David O. Russell. And, you know, to the point where it became, you know, for a while, a joke. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, and open secret kind of thing. Yeah, and, and now it's being rectified and and you know, there are mm-hmm. consequences to those actions, but it took so long to the point where, you know, it became talk show fodder. And this kind of treats it in a more serious light with again the moment in time in which this movie is depicted, which is now. So it does feel like it is trying to get at the core of what it means to be somebody that's both brilliant in what they do, but also someone who is just a completely manipulative and cruel individual Mm -hmm. to the point where they have to always dominate and control every aspect of their life. And if it doesn't work, they just toss that person or you know, situation aside as though, you know, it was just to be discarded with. I mean, we had, we didn't even really talk about, uh, Noemi, uh, Merlant's character Mm -hmm. who she plays, um, Blanchett's assistant who also used to be, you know, uh, a musician and, and is kind of promised a role, um, uh, as, as second, uh, assistant conductor, uh, later on and kind of where that subplot goes is interesting as well. And so with a lot of that, there, there is stuff to kind of mine, but, I'm also one of those people that I, I I don't know who to recommend this to outside of of movie of, of film buffs and, and and critics because I think where I do strongly agree with you is that it's a movie that is going to anger, um, annoy, um, probably frustrate most sort of mainstream going audiences like you put this in a multiplex this thing is going to 
this thing is going to bomb, even though it is actually doing well in its platform run in LA. Because York, those are the types those, of people who are going those, to go see this movie yes, and yes. support it, right? And like, Toronto, I think, will do well in its first week. It's also, smart. Their release strategy is smart. You know, yes. doing a, a platform release very slow, New York, LA, moving into Toronto and those other big cities, and then the intellectuals can all go and see it. And then yeah, us fucking yeah, us yeah. fucking plebs that like our fucking explosions and Marvel movies um can go, oh okay, like Kate Blanchett movie. Oh, this movie sucks. And whatever, I'm part of that. So um I'm gonna give the movie uh, a 1.5. I am being generous because Kate Blanchett is uh, pretty good and she's good in everything. She could literally act in, I don't know, just garbage and she'd be great. So anyway. And I am going to give this one a four and a half out of five, a you. near masterpiece. It is absolutely so exquisite. I hate, I hate it's you. why I, I hate go you. to shut, the movies. Shut up. I hate you. I hate you. Don't fucking talk like that. I, I hate you. I'm going to punch you through the screen. Um, I hate it. I'm not. I, I don't hate. This I hate that. Is but pure. Yeah, cinema. cinema. This is what they finally are making movies for adults, not yes. this childish nonsense. Hey, get, to quote you know, James Gray, whatever. You can I, like nine. both, and I appreciate you, yeah. Eric, for liking both. You and can, I appreciate you. You can your like Werewolf by Night, liking. and you yeah. can like Tar. Yeah. I can hate Tar, and I can love uh, uh, Memoria. And like, it's just there like you, you know, just it, it, you never know. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And in this, it was so grating. <laughs> I couldn't wait for it to be over. And it's such a different kind of bad movie to me. Um, that is it's going to be an endurance test if you ob- don't ob- like it. Objectively better than Amsterdam, right? Objectively. Yes. yes. Um, what would I rather watch if you had a gun to my head right now? Amsterdam. <laughs> like, that's uh, like. No. No. To me, yeah. No. Because at least I can go. I guess it's shorter. It's like, it, it's shorter. I don't know. It's just like, I, I don't know how to even describe it. But if you said, Matt, choose one right now. I go Amsterdam and they're both bad, oh, but man. like, but one is bad in like a, let's watch some, I don't know, flashy actors do bad improv or whatever. And one is just like, do you want to suffer for three hours? Yes. Which both are suffering, yes. both are suffering, but just in, in much different ways for me. But anyways, See, I, I, hate agree. Being negative. I, I hate being the guy on the outside, but like, but I um, agree with a lot of what you're saying though. Like I, like I see you exactly understand, what but you enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. And the only thing I don't disagree with is you picking Amsterdam over tar. I'm just saying gun to my head right now. I'm picking Amsterdam <laughs> and the, like both of these would be at like my uh, bottom of the year list. And I don't usually even do bottom of the year lists, but it's just like, cause again, I'm trying to be more, positive in my older age eric i don't want to be that guy who's always tweeting about stuff they don't like and and shit like that's why i never even tweeted about tar like i just didn't even talk about it just because i'm just like i hate not liking something i hope people don't i hope people know i don't revel in like coming on here and being like i'm gonna be the guy that actually tells everyone that this movie's bad it's like no i was dreading doing this i am glad to put my uh opinion out there and i will be honest with everyone on every review i won't sugarcoat things and i won't try to be an asshole or anything but i will tell you this is how i felt about a movie um but i hate i hate because i go into every movie hoping i love it i never go in going this is going to be terrible and I know it's going to be terrible or this is going to be great. And I know it's going to be great. Uh, I was excited for tar. 
Uh, I was bummed, very bummed when I came out of that movie going, I'm in a bad mood now. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> this, this movie put me in a bad mood. And I hate being that guy. Uh, so on to things that, you know, I, I want to talk about that I liked. So. I want to just say one other thing, though, about that. Yeah. And I think that this is important. I think it is more than fine. I think it is healthy. I think it is it is good to... We've talked about this before, but it needs to be reiterated. Negative criticism is a good thing. I oh, think I agree. That if you have something constructive and, you know, of, of added value to discuss when it comes to why the movie didn't work for you and you can Again, articulate... Again, for me that, are the... The keywords too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always it's always opinion. Like even I even I know you joked with Amsterdam, but even with Amsterdam, it's it's opinion. It's 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 all subjective. Yeah. But but when it comes to reviewing movies, and if like this this is going out to anybody who's watching this and and is either a film critic or wants to be a film critic, you need to be completely honest with yourself. But also, you need to know that it is okay to review both movies you like and, and dislike like, if yeah. you only put out reviews for movies you like you're not reviewing films you are just basically pandering to an audience or the studio you need to be critical even of good stuff you 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 should be critical of why it worked for you and, and maybe find even, the good in the things you didn't like too yeah like, and again, find I the bad in the things that you like you know yeah. like and 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 and, and be talk about it that's what's fun that's what's fun about this too is like now we're going off into a side thing and we'll wrap up soon because the Leaf game's about to start. The real <laughs> art is about to start. Okay, we'll the talk. Leafs. We'll talk <laughs> about having a problematic franchise, like not well, not the Leaf specifically, but hockey in general. Oh, hockey! Yeah, Canada, hockey in Canada, hockey Canada. The uh, is going through its tar moment right now. Um, I. I forget what we were talking about. We're, we were talking, talking about, about constructive criticism. Oh, and, and subject, everything subjective and, and talking a that, negative oh, perspective yes, on, on, on reviewing something, because if you don't like something you need, you need as a reviewer, you need to discuss, you know, something in a, in a why in a, you didn't. And yeah. And, and, and deconstruct that. You can't just always put out good reviews and only have, I good agree. Reviews. I'm also for trying to put out more positivity, but the, if this is your line of work and a part of me says I was dreading doing this, which I wasn't because I knew it was going to be a fun conversation with you. And I like hearing your perspective. And I, I think, like hearing yours. I think you're a fucking idiot, but like, I just think <laughs> that you are a decent person and have valid I, opinions. You and should just I'm say, I think you're road. a, I think you're a fucking moron, Matt. And you didn't, you're you're not highbrow enough to get this movie. Um, you're not a real cinephile like um, myself. <laughs> I enjoy talking about movies with you and other people. That's why, I like, when people come up and go, well, "What you think?" is like I'll always tell you what I think, and I always feel bad if it's the complete opposite of what um, someone thinks. And I hate getting into that because sometimes people can get very um defensive, right? Like if yes. they liked or didn't like a movie, well, like because they are they feeling that they're attacked. Which I'm not. Right? Again, I'm going to be at least with our circle of people who are reviewing this movie going to be in the minority. Um, in Matt Rohrbeck, man of the people, I'm I'm people are going to be like, yes, Matt, speak the truth. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, thank you, guys. The, the, these are my people. Um but anyways, I love talking about movies and good or bad and and everything in between. And that's why um, will I uh, uh, will I'm sure we'll talk about this more when it comes to the end of the year. So 
It'll um, be on a lot of best of lists. It'll probably be getting oh, I a know, lot Eric. of nominations. Oh, and, I know. Yeah. I know. I know. As it I should. Know. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, thank you all for listening or watching. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Um, I hope you uh, got a little bit of both sides from this interview. It doesn't have or interview, interview. Uh, review. <laughs> uh, it doesn't happen too often. A lot of the times Eric and I are on the same page or if we're not, it's just a little bit one way or the other. Um, but these are always fun. It reminds me of the David Byrne movie we watched or uh, what else have we been on complete opposite sides of Roma? Yeah, there you go. There's the pillow. Um, Roma. Um, just these kind of just never mind. <laughs> what? what? Uh, go check out. Um, go check out our other reviews for the aforementioned Amsterdam. Um, uh, hey, speaking about composers, uh, Werewolf by Night, Michael Giacchino uh, directed that one. Um, <laughs> talking about actors directing movies, Olivia Wilde, problematic stuff. There's a movie for you. Don't worry, darling. Uh, great movie called How to Blow Up a Pipeline. You guys can watch that uh, review. Greatest not beer run ever. Um, not a good movie. Maybe Terrible. objectively bad. <laughs> um, Woman Talking, great movie. Go see that one. It's coming out soon. Same composer as Tar. Yes. Good scores in both. Uh, Pearl, Andor, Triangle of Sadness, uh, Banshees of Inishirin, The Fablemans, Glass Onion, Bros, Brothers, uh, Weird Al, tons of stuff. Go check all that stuff out on the Reviews channel. Uh, Our latest episode of the Untitled Movie Podcast, we talk about real cinema we talk in mar not tar we talked about the super mario brothers trailer uh talked about why it's the movie of the year why it's going to be the movie of 2023 why it's going to todd field's gonna watch super mario brothers and go god damn it that's a movie um and then we talked about other things like the rosalind press conference and um uh, i forget what else but she hulk uh deadpool 3 Going to New York. Um, going to New York. Um, did we go see a symphony when we were there? No, we didn't. But no, but we did get some culture in with going to the museum of the movie. We did image. go to a museum. Momi, great. You guys should check that out. Um, one stop shop for everything. Uh, untitled underscore movies on Letterbox, where I will single handedly try to bring down the rating of this movie at least by zero point one. <laughs> So you guys want this to be a four? Guess what? I hope it's a 3.9 now because I'm going to give it a 1.5. Um, uh, untitled underscore movies on Letterboxd. So follow petty. me. If you want other garbage takes on movies, follow me on Twitter at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene. The latest episode has Matt Rohrbeck and I talking about uh, the Toronto International Film Festival. It's a wrap-up episode. Uh, But there are plenty of movies that we discuss that are either still playing in theaters or yet to come. Um, It's a fun discussion as well. It's only half an hour, but um, it's always wonderful talking to Matt. It makes it very easy. And when I have a differing opinion, it also... Um, is fun to have a conversation like this. And I always appreciate that Matt is not one of those people that makes you feel like your opinion is wrong. You know, yeah, you I, I think that's idiot. important. <laughs> I think, I think that's important to know. Uh, and it's and, not wrong. Anyone who likes this movie. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely wrong. Goodbye, everyone. Eric doesn't get the last word. I do. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>